Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us tonight. Like I uh, said earlier, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but that's going to happen several times tonight, so get used to it. Um, I just wanted everybody to get kind of introduce ourselves to one another. Uh, We're going to have a great chat tonight. I'm really looking forward to this. And thank you, everybody, who's tuning in with us. And... If you don't mind, I'll I'll kick us off with a little little soft opener and this and that, and then we'll we'll dive right into our discussion. I'm real excited for this. So, hello everybody who's t- tuning in with us. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm the executive director for Guardians Mental Health. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight for our roundtable live stream on Memorial Day 2022. Um, before we dive into our discussion tonight, I'd like to start by saying a few words uh, first about. What is Memorial Day and why do we celebrate it? So uh, try not to pick on me too much. A Memorial Day is a day for honoring all those men and women who have sacrificed for our country. Originally known as Decoration Day, uh, with its roots dating all the way back to the Civil War era. It was declared a national holiday in 1971 and is observed on May 30th each year. It's a day for honoring the men and women who have died in duty with the U.S. military, including all the branches of service. It's a day for Americans to pay respect for our fallen soldiers by visiting memorials, cemeteries, and remembering them and paying respect. It is our most somber holiday in the United States. Also, for someone who has lost a lot of friends in war, today is a day to remember them and talk about them, which is important because it keeps their memories alive, and that in itself is the most important thing we can do to honor them. And that's why we are going, that's what we're doing here today. Our discussion is going to be honoring Memorial Day by sharing what Memorial Day means to us and remembering. So... That's what I have right there for kicking us off for kind of like a little soft. Uh, we have so many amazing veterans and some active duty guests with us tonight um, from throughout the gaming community. I'm going to go ahead and throw everyone to the wolves a little bit and ask while uh, we go around to introduce yourself a bit to everybody watching or listening and then share what Memorial Day means to you. And then we can go on from there. How's that sound for everybody? Sound pretty good? Not bad. I'm real excited for for our discussion tonight. So if you weren't aware what Memorial Day is, um, it it does get confused uh, with some people with Veterans Day. And Veterans Day is celebrated November 16th each year, uh, and that celebrates all all people who serve in the military. And Memorial Day is honoring those who we've lost, who have served in the military. So I'm so excited to have this wonderful group of people with us tonight. Uh, we have so many amazing people and so many amazing people tuning in and watching, too. This is going to be a great discussion. We also have a very special guest with us tonight uh, who took time out of his busy schedule of running everything at uh, another organization over at Stack Up. The executive director there, Stephen, is joining us tonight. Stephen, how you doing? You feel like kicking sure. us off and maybe sharing a little bit with everybody? No. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Can't fucking derail you. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, executive director over at Stack Up, Stephen Mashuga, a.k.a. Shanghai Six on the internet. Um, going into year seven with Stack Up here. And um, we just had our first million dollar year last year, supporting U.S. and allied Amazing. veterans through gaming and geek culture. 
Um, started off just sending Xboxes and PlayStation to guys and gals deployed forward. And now we have a 24-7 suicide uh, prevention team online through Discord called Overwatch. And that is, uh, I'm particularly proud of that program because uh, it's a little tough to track metrics, but uh, we're really doing some good out there. The people who are writing back in and saying, hey, you guys really helped me. It's like, that's, it's one thing to get, get, an, get a guy an Xbox. It's another thing to talk somebody off a ledge or, you know, send uh send law enforcement to do a duty to warn on somebody who's getting ready to do something bad. Uh, it's a weird thing to be excited about, but uh, yeah, we're, we're helping people out there and it's, it's a good feeling. So we just opened up our new community center in Los Angeles, Phalanx house, uh, which is uh, also very exciting. If you haven't seen that, I can post that up in uh, discord. It is a community center where we are bringing out veterans to do, think of it as just an adult tree fort, just cool things <laughs> that we've got. You know, 5v5 land center podcasting streaming studio pool jacuzzi D annex all kinds of silliness so uh the mm -hmm. idea is we're looking to be the next generation of vfw american legion post you know taken in the 21st century so is that where you, you do go. the uh supply drops too where all of them are built mm, no we actually have a uh, we have a warehouse in florida where our team builds the actual uh, gear going overseas thank god I, that used to all be everything used to be me and now i have it's weird to be like i have people that do that for me now <laughs> yeah it is a blessing because that was all my time and energy just boxing up stuff taking it to the post office getting it sent overseas talking to folks good yeah. stuff i enjoyed it but nice to hand that package off to somebody else it is we actually have reached out to some of your team members to help us out with some of the uh military individuals who have requested mental health kits because i don't know too much about sending things to on base so i had to have them walk me through uh some of the shipping and everything which is fantastic you got a great team over there and we appreciate everything you and everybody does at stack up we love seeing you we love interacting and supporting everything you do um real quick what does uh memorial day mean to you do you want to share a few things about memorial day um, no, it's a tough, I'm, it's a loaded question. Yeah, I'm usually running a hundred miles an hour, so I don't think about it. And then Memorial Day comes along and outside of stack up, it's kind of a punch in the face. Like, oh yeah, remember, mm. uh, I, I lost three guys overseas and, uh, from day to day, I, I unfortunately don't think about them a lot because it's been almost 20 years at this point, but, uh, it's very weird to like, really just put a spoke you know a stick in the spokes of your day-to-day -day and just stop and think and go oh my god first off 20 years ago secondly just you know good friends where would they be right now and their families and just it's it's a it's a tough day it's a tough mm -hmm. day and you know so when someone someone comes rolling up and wishes you a happy memorial day it's like mm -hmm. yeah um but i get it you know again civilians god love them they're trying so yeah well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for everything you do. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Nessa, would you care to introduce everybody to yourself a little bit? Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know who I am, I'm 11S9, a.k.a. Nessa for short. Uh, I'm the pervy, nerdy librarian that you know on Twitch. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, I was in the Air Force. I got out as a senior airman because I got hurt. Oh, God. 
10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. And um, my job was uh, aircraft weapons specialist. 2W1, for those of you that know, for those of you that don't, I got to play with really big guns, missiles, and bombs. So that was my job. That's amazing. That's that's a hell of a job. Is it, though? Really big guns. I mean... Guns. Anything that goes boom. It's fantastic. So would you like to share a little bit about Memorial Day? I know it's very important to you. It, it is very important to me. And please, anybody and everybody, feel free to cut me off if I get long-winded. But, like, this, this holiday means a lot to me personally because um, we're coming up on my friend's 12-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing my Memorial Day shirt. Uh, Pedro 66 went down in Afghanistan in 2010 and I was brand new baby face in the air force. This is my first duty station. And, um, the first friendly face that I saw was staff Sergeant David Smith and Mm -hmm. everybody loved him. Everybody in the entire world is one of those people. And I know, each and every one of you have met one of these people that instantly charismatic, happy, funny, great. And he was leaving on a deployment and it was, it was really hard for me because he was, like I said, the first friendly person I met there. And I was just learning how to be an adult. I was just learning how to be away from home. I was just learning how to be in the military and he leaves and I'm just like, in six months, I'll see him again. That June 9th it. of 2010, there was a personnel recovery mission mm-hmm. and our helicopter went down. It took fire and I lost my friend and four other people. And I'm sorry that this was a really, really long story, um, but it's always really important to me to share with people what Memorial Day means and why it's important to me. And for the rest of my life, life, I'm always going to remember my very first memorial service. And anyone here in the military I'm sure you've been there. You've been to that memorial service where your first sergeant calls off this list of names and the first like five or six people say here for a sergeant. And then the last few names, there's silence. Hmm. And for the rest of my life, I'm just going to hear this silence where my friend should have called out his name and saying here for Sergeant. So Memorial Day, every Memorial Day, I remember them. Every June 9th, I remember them. Sometimes throughout the year, I just sit there and think, man, 
I wish Smitty were here. I wish I knew what he was doing with his his family, his his wife, his children, wh- whoever he would have it in his life. Yep. And it's always very important to me whenever a civilian asks me, what is Memorial Day? It's always important to me to say, it's the day where I remember and I think about what's missing, what could have been. And again, I'm really sorry for a long way. No, it's, it's it, you're absolutely fine. Don't worry about it at all, Nessa. I mean, it's also Memorial Day is remembering them. I mean, you take time out of everything that's going on to to focus on who you've lost, who you've cared about, and remembering them. And that's <laughs> keeping them alive in all of us. So it's that's so important to do and it's 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 heartbreaking, but it's something that that really needs needs to be done. And you know, sharing that is extremely difficult, but it's also sharing their story as well. And I love the shirt. I mean, that's, you know, I hope you got a couple of them because I got a feeling you're going to be wearing them out. Oh, well, this is my last one. And I have got to figure out how to get a new, another one. Um, there, There's an entire um, squadron of people that loved these guys. So I'm sure we can come up with something. I'm sure you can, too. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody, Nessa. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you. Tara, would you like to go next? Sure. Uh, That's going to be hard to follow. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, My name is Tara. I go by Sanuki-san. I've been out of the military since 2013. I was in the Army um, when I was in. I served as a military police officer. Um, I think it was Jack Reacher that said it, everyone that you have to deal with um, is a trained killer, which always made my job sound cooler than it already was, but um, most of the time it was someone that was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was an E4 when I got out of the military, and um, as far as what Memorial Day means to me, actually it's uh, similar to Nessa. Um, I had a friend that I was very close with, and the anniversary of his death was May 6th. Um, I shared something on Twitter about it earlier. Um, so I think everybody has, you know, a story about someone that they held very close to them. You know, a lot of us probably know more than one person that passed away, but there's always that one that you always think about what they would be doing today. You know, if they have kids, if they would have went to college, all those things. But I also think Memorial Day is about reaching out to people that you served with because, you know, you have to make sure that once people are out, they're doing okay. Because Memorial Day is hard for, I'm sure, everyone here and everyone that's probably watching that serves. It's just, sometimes it's a really rough day to get through. And um, I never drank on Memorial Day, nothing like that, just because I know, you know, more power to you if you do and you don't have a problem with it. But I just, it's it's one of those days where you have to make sure everyone around you is good and everyone that you served with and, and you're, you're carrying on the memory of people that you held close to you, your brothers and sisters that you served with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did I miss anything? <laughs> no, I think you nailed it and you're absolutely right. I mean, checking in, I mean, it's the time of year to 
remember those who we've lost, but also check in on those who were also impacted by it as well and to see how they're doing and keep those connections alive. You know, it's, it's something that you can definitely count on to bring people together, you know, especially those who have uh, served and who have lost in, you know, in the military, they're actually going to, you know, they're, I'm sure that can be extremely uplifting to hear from, you know, Matt every May, you know, when it comes, you know, comes around to Memorial Day and you reach out to one another, busy lives, everybody's got things going on and you connect at least once a year and you get to remember, you know, remember serving together, have a few laughs, you know, waking up in a dumpster somewhere, having an MP chase you, you know, being in a tent somewhere and, you know, you know, remembering the friends you've lost and the good times that you've shared together. Keeping that alive is, is extremely important. Oh. It's actually a good rule to, uh, this is just something I do personally, not just on Memorial Day, but if the thought of someone that you serve with crosses your mind, check on them. It's just a thing I do. If, if just one funny memory of someone that you serve with crosses your mind or you're just thinking to yourself, how is this person doing today? Just send them a text message, anything, because you never know. You really don't. They could be going through some stuff. They could be having the greatest day ever. They could just need somebody to talk to. Just send a message. That's solid advice right there. Solid advice. Thank you for sharing that, Tara. Thank you. Matt, Teddy Gumby, my friend, would you like to go next? Sure will. Um, I'm Matt, a.k.a. Teddy Gumby Online. Um, I am a proud gaming buddy of a handful of these individuals here um, with the Guardian Mental Health Plan. Um, but I was United States Navy, got out in 2007. Um, I actually signed up shortly after 9-11. That was kind of the catalyst for uh, my enlistment because um, I watched you know, the towers sitting in high school, sitting in class. So that kind of sparked it. I went in. Um, Ended up uh, making a third class petty officer before I got out. I was a whole maintenance, whole maintenance technician. Did a lot of plumbing, pipe fitting, sheet metal fabrication, but also firefighting and damage control on board the ships. Uh, spent a majority of my time actually stationed on uh, Camp Pendleton, Marine Corps base. Um, working on the hovercrafts, LCACs, and then spent the rest of my time on the USS Ronald Reagan. Wow. Uh, my story is a little bit different um, with the way... Um, chain of command doesn't like to pay attention to dates sometimes. I actually never deployed um, due to having to go back to schooling and stuff like that. Um, but nonetheless, I think Memorial Day still hits in a very similar vibe as with many other vets. Um, you know, living on Marine Corps base, especially being in the Navy, there's not really, those aren't the ones that are normally getting the flags delivered to their homes. But being our Marine Corps base, it was it was a little bit different vibe, and it was something that I witnessed. Um, you know, on top of now that I've been out for, you know, going on 15 years, uh, the number of individuals that are slowly still dropping off um, from dealing with PTSD and suicide, um, which really goes back to what Tara was just saying with the reaching out. You know, when that happens, you get hit with this feeling like. Well, maybe, maybe that once a year wasn't enough. Maybe I didn't call them enough. You know, maybe there was something I should have done, um, or more that I could have done. You know, and in reality, it's yeah, they are text away. But when you get out, everyone's 
spread all over the country. So you can't go banging on their door as easy as when you were in together. So I guess that kind of sums up my experience and kind of, yeah, those are, the, those are the thoughts that go through my mind every Memorial Day is what could I have done with the individuals, especially the ones we've lost since I got out. But. Yeah, it's, it's really hard with uh, the after duty uh, when you're you know not active duty anymore. But I, I know Stephen with their Overwatch program, he was you know saying earlier how many people that they've helped you know off a ledge and it's situations like that you know with people struggling but you, people are you you're always going to question what if you know what you know I, it's it's always going to be an ongoing thing and with that uh the only thing i could say is programs like the overwatch program who are there uh every day 24 7 helping individuals that are struggling you know veterans and active duty and you know family members as well uh and helping them every single day you know who are struggling and have somebody to talk to and relate with them and it's great having that as a resource you know for people so no you're thank you so much for sharing that and thank you so much for being here you know thanks for having me man we're gonna have to do that dungeon soon (laughs) anytime (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> squatty do you want to go next yeah sure thing um so i am army active duty right now coming up on about 10 years of service um i'm an mp as well i work with cid and our mission here is to investigate felony level crimes from anything that you can think of whether it's drugs to sexual assault to deaths um i'm actually here in california at ntc and anybody that has to go through and yeah, <laughs> Steven now you know, yeah, <laughs> you got to come through and your company's got to get qualified here for pre-deployment. Um, and sometimes uh, safety measures aren't really uh, adhered to. And there's accidents that happen out there. So uh, still being active duty, my perspective, um, you know, I have to go to those scenes and help uh, help the agents clean up. And, you know, it's mm. it's really bad. I've seen whole units. um take their guy uh, to the coroner's truck so that he can finally be taken away. Um, and that's happened more times than, than I care to admit. Um, accidents happen every day. For me, when I was stationed in Hawaii, um, I actually had the um, opportunity to prevent uh, two of them from happening. Uh, two of my battle buddies had... They were not feeling well and, you know, the text messages, you know, communication between people, you, especially when you know them, you know how their mind works and how they text and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just wasn't feeling right. We go and check on them and we ended up saving one. And uh, that person's best friend from the weight of that incident a week later tried to uh, hurt herself as well and ended as well. And we were able to step in on that one, too. So mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. Um but being active duty, Memorial Day in particular, no, know it might sound strange, but it makes me think of them. But um, it also makes me think of my grandfathers. Um, I didn't really get to know them too well, mm-hmm. um, but a whole host of them were, you know, in the military. And uh, that was part of the initial reasoning uh, as to why I wanted to join. And still, 
you know, I had opportunities to get out. I'm a two-time cancer survivor, and the doctors, they tell you you can get out basically whenever when that happens. But, you know, again, I think to, uh, you know, one of my grandfathers, you know, he didn't have any legs or anything, and he he still kept going. And, you know, he was he was a hard charger, and that really does impact my way of thinking every day. You know, if, you know, Grandpa Rents was here, what do you tell me just to, to get my ass up and get going, or what do you tell me I'm good where I'm at, that sort of thing. That's powerful. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Yeah, and it, it it's definitely it, it's a different perspective as well too because you see the active duty, you know, and uh, when you mentioned you know uh, squads carrying you know their you know fallen yeah team member to the corner truck. I mean that that's powerful and that's something that's going to stick stick into your mind and everybody else i mean accident like you said accidents happen you know every day and we remember them you know still everybody is equally as important that we've lost no that's amazing right there and your grandfather sounds like a trooper man (laughs) (laughs) and you are too thank you thank you you. tori would you like to go next Boom. She goes, oh, I'm on mute. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi, I'm Victoria. Uh, everyone knows me as Shield Maiden. Um, I did four years in the United States Coast Guard. Um, I got out as an E4 while I was in. Uh, so Coast Guard's a little different. Everyone does either um, you're out on a uh, cutter, or which is just like a really big boat, um, or you're working at a search and rescue station. So I was at a search and rescue station for a little over a year and um, got hurt in the process and uh, ended up, they let me stay in as a support rate, so I went yeoman and uh, I did that until I was medically retired. Um, But while I was in, um, Coast Guard is really small. Um, So I think it's actually smaller than the New York uh, Police Department. So... We know each other. You know, I, I was at three different duty stations, and you always know someone who knows someone, and um, it's actually like a really tight-knit family. So um, when even one of us goes down, uh, everybody feels it. And um, somebody that I just always comes up every year, every Memorial Day. Um, this is not easy. <laughs> no, take your time. That's a safe space. You know, we're um, all here. My buddy Deal, who's an E3 uh, in mm-hmm. Seattle, and he was just one of those guys that always a smile on his face, you know, uh, always really squared away. Mm-hmm. Did we just become best friends? Yep. And I think the worst part is he didn't even... He didn't even pass while uh, while he was in. He got a really good opportunity. Um, one of his uh, mentors in the Coast Guard was like, "Hey, like, you need to take your talents and go do this." And so he went and became a state trooper. And then within the year, um, he got into a really bad accident and passed. Um, and it's just, man, it's really wild to think, um, like, how he. Like how he would be doing right now if he was still in the Coast Guard, if he hadn't made that switch. I mean, there's always a million questions or you know, what what ifs, I guess. 
Um, they kind of creep up around this time. Um, there was also a couple people in some training accidents. Um, that was really, really tough to deal with also. Um, man, this is a lot harder to talk about <laughs> than I originally imagined. Um, I just like using Memorial Day as a, a time to kind of reflect on decisions I've made, you know, what I could be doing better, um, but doing it because of, because of them, um, you know, thinking about their life and, and where they would be now and you know, kind of like where I want my life to be now because I, I'm still here, you know, I, I still get this, this life, this chance. So, uh, kind of doing things for them or, you know, thinking about them while I'm, I'm doing that. It's, it's important. Sorry, that probably doesn't make any sense. I am super sick right now also. No, it makes perfect sense. Um, no, that makes all the sense in the world because it's what you're saying, right? That these are your experiences. This is what you're feeling. This, no, it makes 100% sense. It really yeah. does. And thank you for sharing you know, and no, I definitely don't worry about it making sense because it, it definitely does. And thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. I would like to be talking now. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tori. And thank you for I being here. I wouldn't cry. It was like five don't seconds. worry about it. Then <laughs> cry it's, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay to cry. And mm -hmm. then she made the rest of us cry, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brian, would you like to? Baby, my God. Oh, well, yeah. Weird. Life is weird. <laughs> this is hard. It is. It is. And, yeah. And the great thing is, you know. You're on mute, Joe. Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> You're on mute, Matt. <laughs> no, my light's green, buddy. <laughs> no, you're. It's it's very powerful, and you know to look back to because you you get to relive those memories again and everything, and you you look back on it and reflecting, and uh, it's it's going to be powerful. It's going to get to you. It's going to be emotional, and this is a very emotional uh, day for so many people you know, who are impacted, you know, personally by losing someone that they were close to um, in, in, in service. So absolutely. It's, it's okay to cry. It's okay to get emotional and it's okay to have a, you know, it's, it's a hard day for a lot of people and it's, it's definitely a, a powerful, a lot of powerful feelings that come through all at once. And you did great. And thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for being here. Brian, you want to bring us around? Yes, sir. Fantastic. All right. Uh, I am uh, Brian, a.k.a. Lazy Panda 7, retired Army, full-time streamer, part-time memer, connoisseur of dad jokes, lover of pandas. Joe's getting ready for this. 
Connoisseur of dad jokes, lover of pandas, devourer of jerky, occasional thrower, mental health ambassador for Guardians Mental Health, and Rise Up GG stream team and admin. I am retired army. I got out as an E5, medically discharged. Um, I suffer from Gulf War Syndrome, uh, which is a group of autoimmune conditions that I received during Iraq. Um, what Memorial Day means to me is remembering um, not only those who I served with, but uh, my family, I come from a long lineage of army. My grandfather served in World War II, past of cancer. My father served in Vietnam as special forces uh, and past of cancer in 2009. My brother and I served in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, and just, I've lost my godfather, my father, my grandfather, to two ailments, invisible ailments. Um, and that's what I really want to focus on tonight with my section or my portion is invisible wounds. Um, like I said, I suffer from Gulf War Syndrome. Um, my wounds are not physical, visceral, but they are there. Um, on that topic, I have lost too many, starting with my godfather. He was career Navy firefighter chief and uh, committed suicide about 10 years ago now. Um, it is important to check on everyone, anyone that you know. We, uh, we suffer from too much, um, but today... It's always a painful memory for me, for Prince Gavin, my medic, my hero, two tours in Iraq, to come back home and die in a police-involved shooting in Tacoma, Washington, 2011. To serve, to sacrifice, to die on American soil, it's just heartbreaking. Hmm. That is that's my is. two cents. It is. It's very powerful. And you're 100% right. I'm glad you mentioned invisible wounds. Not not every every injury is visible. Uh, you know, it's not, you know, a missing limb or anything like that. You know, some things are are inside. You know, they're um, you know, emotional and it's it's those kind of wounds that that fester and can be the end of somebody and be the real struggle, you know, and, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record record, but there's programs out there like the overwatch program that I'm sure deal with individuals who, who suffer by those uh, invisible wounds and, you know, beyond that are helping them and that are available to them. You know, it's, it's definitely a very important thing to uh, to keep in mind uh, when you're talking to somebody who may serve that might say that they, you know, I know uh, we're going to be going into a, a topic, you know, a discussion here that was mentioned earlier in a minute, but uh, people do try, but it's also... Some people are kind of yep. naive in the sense where they look at you and go, well, there's nothing wrong with you. 
you know, you're not missing anything. You know, what could be wrong with you? Just suck it up. But it's those invisible wounds that they don't see and those impacts that you've, those experiences and things that you went through that stick with you. And even after service and when you try and go into civilian life after serving, you know, for so many years and going into combat zones and having uh, things happen to you that are hard to deal with. And you got, you, you have, those are with you for the rest of your life. So checking in on, on people is very important, you know, reaching out to them, seeing if they're all right. And also having access to resources so they can, talk to somebody is so important i i think for me as the civilian right as somebody who has not served in in any capacity right as everybody's going around here and sharing not only experiences but stories of loss and and grief right and i think that's and I appreciate and thank everybody, excuse me, for sharing what they have and being very open with us here. Um, but I think this adds the the layer that we even brought this roundtable to the surface, right, is that Memorial Day is not the barbecue. It's not just the day off. There's a lot more that goes into that. Right. And I think these stories here is one of the things that helps. So, again, thank you. Um, it was said before, and I don't know if we if we were live when this was said. And Stephen, you said it. You said civilians are trying. I want to I want to open that up a little bit more, because as the civilian, what do we need? What w one? And this goes to everybody, not necessarily just to you, Stephen. <laughs> What do we need to, you know, what do I need to know more of, right? What do I need to hear? What do I need to do or what is important during this day, during today, but also just in general to better help and benefit veterans in active duty? What is important for us to know? Does anyone mind if I actually address that? No, absolutely Go not. It, I, I don't want to, I don't want to step on Steven's toes because Steven is by far more experienced than I am, but that, you might be surprised. Sounds like you've got the uh, <laughs> shit your belt there too. Uh, I just, one of the reasons this was important to me. And one of the reasons um, actually Panda and I had talked about this, I, I came to Panda first. I was like, Panda, I want to do this. I think this is important okay. because veterans, we are in the Twitch community and we do have representation, but I feel like today yeah. of all days, and a mental health awareness month, I felt like it was really important that our voices were heard. And the number one thing that like was important to me to do this was because I remember being fresh faced, like I said earlier in the military and being very, very angry with civilians for wishing me a happy Memorial day. And to, to this to this day, it still stings a little bit for somebody to say happy Memorial Day. But as I've gotten older and I'm hoping wiser, I understand that you don't understand. And it's not my place 
job responsibility. It's not my right to be angry with you for not understanding. You didn't go through what I went through. You didn't go through what Tara went through or, or, or Matt or any of us. You didn't go through that. And I'm glad you didn't. Honestly, I, I, I don't want to speak for everybody here, but I'm glad you did not go through what I went through. I'm glad that you got to go home to your family every night. And I, I, not just me specifically, but we signed up to take on that burden. We really did. Maybe we didn't fully understand what we were doing at the time, but eventually we all understood. And as I've gotten older, I've let go of that anger that I felt. And now when someone wishes me a happy Memorial Day, I'm just like, I hope you have a happy day. And, and that's how it feels for me. If anyone ever asks me what Memorial Day means to me, I tell them the exact story I told you guys. This is what it means to me. I'm remembering my friends that I lost. And it's not a happy day for me. And unlike Tara, I'm like the exact opposite. I don't drink pretty much any other day of the year. Today and June 9th are usually days I drink. And I told Joe that it was very important to me that we did this because I think that this could help me not do that for almost a once <laughs> because I know that I will not be able to control myself. And I don't think that's healthy. And part of mental health awareness is I got to identify that unhealthy habit that I've had. So I hope that kind of answers your question. And if anybody else has an answer for Matthew. I just want to say something to that. That's exactly why I don't drink because I'll take it way too far. You know, that's exactly it. She nailed it. Yeah. I tack something on. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> just, and I think like that's an overarching, I'm probably getting way off topic, but that's kind of like, I feel like an, an overarching um, thing where we don't, talk about this stuff um we don't have it maybe we do and i'm just like completely oblivious or not aware but um you know platforms and forums where we can go and like talk to other pets about this you know this this awful stuff um that, that we go through and you know um like finding finding tara was so random but it was so so nice to find um somebody who shared, you know, experiences in the gaming community. Like, that was a huge deal um, to find her. I mean, it's, and it's, it's one thing to find, um, you know, especially like uh, men, you know, but to find another female that, you know, has gone through exactly some of the same stuff. I mean, that was life changing. So um, this was very much uh, needed, I think. So thank you guys for doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to throw my two cents in there. Uh, Stack Up was birthed because of the gap between civilian and veteran back in the day. Back when I was deployed forward, uh, we got a, my infantry company got a crate of third hand Harlequin romance novels donated to us, a bunch of infantry dudes. It's like, oh, <laughs> thanks for the donation. This is really useful stuff. Um, but it was, it's that level of, Hey, we're trying to help. We don't speak your language. Here's all we've got. 
Uh, so we're just going to box up some shit and send it your way, and maybe that'll help. And that's why I started sending Xboxes and Playstations overseas, because it's like, look, I've been there. I know what guys and gals want. Let's actually do some, let's actually help out. And there was a long time, I mean, even 2015, 2016, where it was just like, these stupid-ass civilians, they don't know shit about shit, and uh, they don't know nothing, and they, they can't say anything. It was us against the world. There's a million of us out there, and we're just going to take on the world by ourselves. And then it became the realization like, hey, wait a minute. You know, everybody here is a streamer or a gamer. And it became a bridge for civilians to talk to veterans. Like, they don't know what it's like to deploy. They don't know what it's like to go to basic. They don't know any of the shit that we've dealt, been through. But they know what it's like to set up a Destiny raid. They know what it's like to sit in queue and get into a dungeon in World of Warcraft. Or that's something they can talk about, just like you would your favorite sports team or something. And anything, you know, you look at kids nowadays that are raised on iPads with Minecraft and Fortnite on it, and those are our next kids that are going to be putting, yeah, Mandalorian, you know, Marvel movies, those are going to be the next kids that are putting on uniforms. And gaming and geek culture, which is a big piece of what Stack Up's about, acts as this bridge to the civilian world and helps them interact with our people. Like a lot of our suicide prevention team, Overwatch, a lot of them are civilians. Like they have, they don't know what it's like, but it, they have common points that they can talk to veterans about and get them talking and interacting and feeling comfortable. And, you know, they're not having to go spend an hour at, at the VA, you know, on a leather couch. Oh, tell me about Shamaza kind of mindset. It's like, hey, we're just going to make you feel comfortable. We're going to have a nice time. We're going to enjoy ourselves. And if you feel like talking to us, great. And if you don't, we'll still be here. We're not going anywhere. Just feel comfortable. Be a part of a community and don't shut yourself away from everybody else. And that's, uh, you know, a major piece of it. So, all right, I'll shut up. Next. But what you're mentioning is so <laughs> true. Again, I'm a civilian uh, and I'm Canadian, so I'm twice removed from what a lot of the people here have gone through. Uh, my um, experience with veterans being a psychologist in Canada is working with um, Veterans Affairs. I have worked um, a little bit, not a lot, with Veterans Affairs in terms of vocational re rehabilitation assessments on getting vets either continuing their benefits or helping them set up return to work opportunities. And a lot of them haven't really shared a lot of the things that they have gone through because they don't feel that they have anyone that they can talk about to this about because they don't feel that people will understand. And what you were mentioning, Stephen, that a lot of the mental health professionals that may work in the VA may not have that cultural competency or that understanding. So they might have like the therapeutic background, but then never really spent the time learning about that specific culture. And that might create that, that divide where a lot of vets may not feel comfortable. Yeah, it's a problem even uh, duty-wise. Um, so, and, um, you know, if you can imagine, you know, you have a bad day and that's the one bad day that you've ever had. Um, that's, a, that's a Tuesday for me or a Wednesday, right? It happens much more frequently for people that are in law enforcement. And then additionally for people that are in military. Um, but at least in the Army for law enforcement, you go and see behavioral health services. They don't, they always encourage it and stuff like that, but, 
it it can be a, a nail in the coffin. You want to continue your career and stuff like that. Well, for law enforcement purposes, you can't have a lot of these red flags happening. So there's a there's a stigma there about going and seeing help. Um, CID specifically has made their own program where we just help our people in house. And there's civilians that come in and have much more experience than say somebody that um, you know outside of that organization would go and see. But those people that I've talked to are, are still civilians that don't really know what it's like to to deal with those things day in day out i mean uh Mm -hmm. experiences aside and stuff like that as a civilian that would want to know more and me being the active duty if i had to say to my civilian friend how you can help me um if you can imagine being in that moment when you lost someone that was dear to you whether it be a brother or sister or whatever, because the people that we lose in those moments are, are just that a brother or a sister and uh, helping us can be as simple as sitting there and actively listening and being there for whoever it is. But when you think about it, that's not, that's not because we're military. That's because it's another human being. I do that for anybody here. And if I could add, I think it's also important what, um, Steven's doing, I think he mentioned it's the family's house where they're kind of like um, making somewhere that, that veterans our age can gather because I don't know about anybody else in here, but if you've ever walked into the American Legion or anything else, you're the only 30-year-old in the room and everybody's at the bar drinking scotch and you're thinking, oh my god, like what did I do? <laughs> like you just, you, you feel like you stand out like a sore thumb, you're covered in tattoos, you know, you're you're the weirdo in the room as much as you can relate over certain things it's just it's it's a different generation and you can bond over so much stuff but but you need people your age that you know it's just it's important what he's doing so i got to give props for that yeah. and so well, gracias it's funny you mentioned the american legion because i went to their national convention they invited me out to be a part of it because they kind of get that they're dying out yeah. And they need those post 9-11 veterans. And so I went to the, the National Convention in Phoenix last year, and it was like I was getting attacked by zombies. You can just see the entire room kind of, whoa. And yeah. I'm, I'm 45. It's like I'm, I'm no young spring chicken. But, I mean, in the room full of, like, white hairs, and it's like, what are you doing here, young guy? It's like, Whose yeah, grandson is, are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, did you get it in? Okay. No, not, not exactly. So that is funny, though. So yeah, we're we're definitely trying to up. We're working with the American Legion right now to kind of try to get them up to speed here. But uh, it's a like slow turning an aircraft carrier. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not going to happen but what in a you're day. Doing is so important because of this generational shift. Things have been done a certain way for so long that the newer generations that are coming up may not fit that same mold and may need things different again being twice removed being canadian and not having served but what i can say in terms of as a psychologist i i've been seeing a shift in generations with clients in terms of what they need and in terms of what connects with them and it, it's very apparent where some of my older colleagues that haven't kind of taken the time to learn the lingo and learn this new culture of the 18, 20, 30, and 40-year-olds 
have a hard time connecting because they see problematic behavior when there is none. So they see playing five hours of Overwatch or Destiny or Call of Duty as, oh my god, it's problematic, where for everyone else, it's, I'd rather do that than watch a TV show or a movie. <coughs> in a dank bar, just like somebody said in chat, drinking Coors Light. Time's absolutely for- right, Dr. Goku. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no. uh, Stephen, where were you, you know, about uh, 12 years ago when I was in Afghanistan? I get that a lot. They're like, hey, I w- yeah, I wish I-, I wish you guys had existed when I was in. I'm like, yeah, me too. That's why I started it. It's kind of the, the idea. So, but yeah, that's uh, we're t- doing the best I can to catch up with everybody. <laughs> Game is uh, times are changing, and that's kind of why we also there has to be different approaches. There has to be different ways of things being done. Sometimes the old ways don't always work. Don't get me wrong; they sometimes can, but obviously <laughs> there does need to be a change. And that's what I'm hearing a little bit here, too, is that things need to change (laughs) as to how we manage and how we assist and help each other, really, right now. And I hope Uh, I'm not bringing up an uncomfortable subject in this, but um, you guys were talking about how things are changing. Like, if you look at the progress, even the military alone has made, like with Don't Ask, Don't Tell and things like that, people are starting to transition and they can be more open about who they are. Because when you're in the military, you don't give a crap if, if someone wants to transition. You don't care what their sexual orientation is. You don't care what kind of background they came from. You know, when you enlist, you're going to die for the person standing next to you. You know, their family. You really don't care about their background. And back in the day, you know, with like our grandfathers in World War II and things like that, um, nobody talked about anything like that. It was just... If you're gay, you do it behind closed doors and things like that. And I think that directly contributed to a lot of people that may not necessarily have lost their lives on the battlefield, but they struggled with mental health issues because they couldn't be who they were and still do the job that they felt like they wanted to do or they were cut out to do. It's, it's, we're making strides. It might be slowly, but forget. Boy, we take, we take a pile of, of fire on the whole uh, LGBT. T- community stuff because we actually support it and i as as a straight ass white male who was in an infantry company back in the day man we would sing cadence that would melt the paint off the walls today just like oh my god you did what now and i cannot like i had a hell of a time back then in you know i was uh 98 to 06 and boy howdy i cannot imagine being you know, trans or gay or anything like that. Like it was hard enough being a straight white guy. So I can't even imagine the fist fight that would have been back in the, and you look at a, an infantry, you know, company, you got, you know, a hundred some plus people. It's like, okay, yeah, they're absolutely there, but they have to live this double life where you're just and hardcore. And I, I like women. It's like, all right, we all know, but Oh God, that has to be insane. So we, we take a lot of shit as being one of the only military organizations out there, like military charities, like, yeah, we welcome like pride months next month. We're working with mm-hmm. gay gaming professionals and we are happy to, you know, we, we collect a lot of the ash and trash that most military organizations will not touch because that's just not what they represent. You know, they old school versus new school. 
pronouns and all that stuff. And it, I'm an old ass man at this point. I still struggle. Like our social media managers of a, and I'm constantly getting it wrong and I'm constantly apologizing to them, but it's the intent behind it. I'm trying to be better. So, yeah. And I yeah. think that's the main thing. It's trying, trying. to be better. And that's the same thing with the civilians. It's like they're exactly. trying to help. What's, what their, what's, their, say, what's their intent behind what they're doing? They're trying to help. It's literally a dog bringing you a dead squirrel in its mouth like, ah, see, look what I got you. It's like, <laughs> ah, thanks. That's, ah. So, yeah, there you go. Right, and that's again. someone mentioned before, you know, what, what you should and shouldn't do if you're like a civilian. That I don't know about anybody else, but that's one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts. Like when they, when, se- you know, sensitive subjects come up, you know, uh, people like to bring up, oh, veterans didn't die for this when they're trying to, you know, change, you know, the way people are transitioning and things in the military. But in my personal opinion, I can speak for myself. You do what you want to do. That's why we enlisted for your right to be able to transition. It's so important for you to be who you are. It's so important. And uh, just just don't do that, in my personal opinion. Don't say, if you've never served, don't say, you know, they, they didn't put their life on the line for this. Because a lot of us think that's exactly why we did, if that makes any sense. <laughs> does. Very much does. Before... I even move on. Does anybody else want to add anything? Because I think the uh, to even maybe open it up a little bit more, I guess, I, my job as a clinician, right, is to work with the person in, in front of me. and But I don't know everything about, I don't know, I can't always relate. I can always work with anybody, but then the other side of the coin is I also don't know the experiences. I can't relate to certain things. So, and I guess even that, what are some of the things that, or the resources that are out there, or what is something to you that you look for, or you would suggest that somebody look for, I should say, uh, as, as, as veterans and, and, and active as to what they're, what, and I'm sorry, my brain is, I'm, my mouth is moving so much faster than my brain is trying to work. So I apologize. <laughs> um, what do you feel is important if you're going to seek out help or if you're navigating another veteran or active uh, member to get help? What is important for that person to know across <clears throat> that might be sitting across from you or that might be leading a group or that might be doing something? What are you looking for, I should say, or where are you looking for it as well, too? Um, I'll take this one, Matt. Um, sure. So I recently got back into therapy, and it is—it's a trust thing. It's this is a civilian, but they've also worked with the VA in their grad program. They worked for the what is it the veterans out, outreach program, and basically they were a social worker for uh, the VA, and they're now my therapist. And trust is one thing I can. I absolutely have to have and um, being able to tell them something and then being able to rehash it back to me and have advice rather than, yeah, uh-huh. In the civilian world, you get a lot of yeah, uh-huhs from your therapist because they just can't relate. 
they they're like, yeah, that that sucks. And you're like, yeah, no kidding. That does suck. <laughs> what do you have? You know, what's your advice? What's your input? next step here? please? What's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you, you, you get stuck with a lot of these VA civilian. And my suggestion, mm-hmm. and this goes to every veteran out there, community care. Community care is a program that allows you to seek civilian help for any of your medical conditions because the VA cannot either give it in a timely fashion, give it in a hourly fashion, as in it's a two-hour drive from you, or whatever it takes. It will give you the, the care that you need locally for you. And that is what I'm doing with right now. I have multiple issues. Like I said, I suffer from call four syndrome. I have four autoimmune conditions I got from my time in Iraq. And I constantly need care. I constantly need medicine. I got to jump through hoops to get medicine at this point. I got to see a civilian doctor who has to prescribe a narcotic to me that has to send it to the VA. The VA has to approve it and then ship it out. So it takes over a month to get medicine. So if I'm ever out of medicine, I'm screwed. So stuff of that nature, but back on point, um, what I look for is trust, understanding, understanding is so important. Um, so having those, Big shout out, just massive love to those veterans that go on to take another job, especially in the mental health field, because you have that understanding of the job, but you also have the medical background to help. And that's my two cents. I'm talking too much. Not at all. (laughs) But thank you. Just wanted to throw it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So similar to Panda, I've, I've actually had a couple of different therapists recently. And surprisingly, the best ones I have found were actually just full up civilians, not prior so- service at all. And um, I had a really bad experience with an active duty therapist when I was active duty and he was also active duty. He basically called me crazy to my face in a session. And I was like, okay, well, therapy is not for me. And I didn't go back to therapy for, I want to say 10 years. And as Panda can actually tell you, I also had problems with my medication recently. I'm on more than the maximum dose you can have of gabapentin because I am severely agoraphobic. And uh, the VA messed up my medicine so bad that I was out for almost a month. And withdrawal is not fun. Um, no, it is not. It is not fun. And my two civilian therapists that I've had, the biggest attribute that they had that made me almost immediately comfortable was not just that they established this trust and that um, the understanding that uh, Panda was talking about, but their willingness to understand because they were very upfront. 
I don't know what you're going through. I've never been there. But they were, I don't know what it was exactly. They just projected this willingness. I want to understand. I want to know your story. And I feel like that that was a huge step forward for me to be like, it's been 10 years since I had this horrible um, interaction with this therapist. And I said, therapy's not for me. And now I'm like, yeah, I, I could go back to therapy. I, I, I need I need to go get a check-in. So I, I feel like that's a huge thing for me personally. So that's I, absolutely breathtaking, having a therapist go, well, yes. you're, kind of, you're kind of fucking crazy. It's like, that's well, kind of, you're not supposed to say right? that loud, That's guys. the exact opposite. <laughs> that's the exact opposite. It's a fire on my ass. Yeah, me oh too. Oh, my God. But the flip side of that story is I'm very happy to hear that mm. there was an actual therapist who, you know, was open and willing to learn and to listen and to, you know, openly state, listen, I don't have the same experience, but I am willing to sit here and work and listen and learn and learn. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what I have done talks on. That is what I have tried to teach other clinicians, I should say. To like just be open. You don't need to be stuck in your own old ways. <laughs> Learn, grow. You the per- doc. We've said this multiple, multiple, multiple times on different podcasts. But it's the idea that the connection and that therapeutic relationship is more important than anything else. Right. 80%. I I could be the complete and utter master of dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. I could ju- I could be, you know, I could be Freud could himself. wrote the book. Right? Um, and because Steve did a really good uh, Freud impression before, so I had to slip <laughs> that in really quick. Let me talk about your mother. Um, <laughs> Freudian slip, you would say? <laughs> a Freudian yeah. slip, eh? Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I am not open to listening to the person and just talking at them... I'm the shittiest therapist in the world. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> if I am not willing and open to learn about the person in front of me, I'm not doing my job correctly. And I'm not afraid to say that to anybody who asks me. Um, and I think this is this new breed of therapists that are coming along where we're open to talk about anime, gaming, comic books, where we want to learn. And geek culture is so why that one, we cannot know everything. So being open for the person to teach us about what they love is paramount because it gives us yeah. so much insight into the person. Um, an example that I can think of, I had a client where she had mentioned her love for the game series Persona, so Persona 5. I have never played the series in my life. I've heard about it. I kind of know what it is. But she gave me this character description that she just meshed with and just confirmed everything I thought already from my clinical interviews. So finding that therapist, that, like I mentioned, 80% of the success in therapy is the connection you make with that therapist. And if that therapist said that to you, Nessa, I did just lights a fire on my ass. You have no idea. Well, also, it's one of those uh, 
you can kind of build off that too with uh, if you're not going to find the right therapist right out of the gate. Um, sometimes it takes trying a few, one, two, three, four. The point is not giving up. You know, when you give up, you're not going to get that support and you're not going to, you know, carry on. Uh, so it, it's really heartwarming with hearing such a bad experience at first. You weren't forever discouraged from reaching out and going to therapy and, you know, starting again. Cause that, that's just one thing that people, I, I see so often get discouraged at, ah, I, I saw, you know, I, I went to a therapy. It, it wasn't for me. I didn't get anywhere. Yeah. But did, did, how many did you see? Uh, just one for an hour. Well, that's, you're not going to mesh with absolutely everybody. Not everybody gets along with each other, but you will find that person who you can build rapport with where you're talking about Call of Duty's new map or something like that. And all, all of a sudden, I've had that conversation. You relate with them, you know, the new dungeon in Destiny 2 or whatever you're playing or, you know, or you see something on this wall that you notice. It's like, hey, I, I play Borderlands. You do. Let's talk about that a little bit. Now you build that rapport with that that professional right there. and You're building that relationship with one another and you're starting to move forward and you feel comfortable with them. And it's becomes a safe space that you look forward to visiting. That's such an important thing, and I, I love hearing that that kind of uh, positive story where, you know, it, at first you you met the active duty. I don't even know how that even conversation came up, but you know, with that person had balls to say that for one, um, but two, you know, you you came away from that and you reached out to another professional. That's awesome. Because that therapeutic relationship is so important and so cherished that it's so different from any other type of like helping relationship, whether it be like a lawyer. I don't care if I like the lawyer as long as that lawyer does good in defending me in court. But it's so different when you're looking for a therapist. And again, I could speak to the the VA here in Canada, there are not a lot of therapists that are working with the VA because you have to kind of jump through certain hoops, that the pool of available therapists is small, so you don't have a lot of choices. I just want to point out, Joe, you're giving me way too much credit on me not being discouraged because I, I literally said I'm not going to therapy again. And then... Um, I had a PTSD episode that got me in legal trouble and I got court mandated to go back to therapy. So, but you did, but go it back. was good. But you <laughs> went back. I can say another story. Sorry, I had is, to throw, yeah, spin it. When I was uh, <laughs> doing a rotation at a federal prison here uh, in Canada, a lot of the things that some of the inmates were telling me that, being caught for this crime is probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I finally got the help that I needed. Yeah. Sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and if I, if I may, 
just to circle back to why we're actually here today is for Memorial Day reasons. Um, if I did not go back to therapy, I am 100% sure that I would not be here today. So, uh, so we love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. And I love you all. I love even the people that I just met today. You guys are amazing. And I'm so glad that I got to hear your stories. And I think it's very important that we do remember those that we've lost. And it's, it's, it's especially important for us to remember that there are those invisible wounds that we all have, that we all carry. And it's, it manifests in one way or the other. And to keep us from having to be someone's memory. I feel like it's really important that we did this today. So thank you guys. I really just wanted to say that. I just want to add something to what she said, and I hope it's not too sensitive of a story to share, but like you guys were talking about before, that's exactly why it's important to keep, you know, trying out different therapists, um, you know, swipe right or whatever the thing is on, you know, like, cause I said it's like data. <laughs> but, um, back in the day when I first got out, I had a therapist that was this old Russian lady and she was the most monotonous person I'd ever seen in my life. She was terrible. And she was the only one I went to. And I was like, that's it. I can't be helped. You know, I'm just too broken. I tried to take my own life and, um, somehow I got through it. I, I remember seeing everything that was going on, but I couldn't, I couldn't move at all. I remember them putting an IV in the side of my neck and everything else. Um, keep trying. Do not give up on yourself. Find someone that you mesh with. Talk to somebody. Reach out. Um, there's so many resources now that are available to veterans our age, like Stevens. Even Guardians Mental Health has that. Um, a full page of resources, no matter whether you're a veteran, um, whatever your orientation is, there's entire pages that they compiled for you to reach out and get help from somebody. Don't give up on yourself. Do not give up on yourself. And she brings up a good point. Stack up is available. We have, uh, you know, when your therapist is asleep at three in the morning and you can't sleep and your Lexapro is just kicking your ass and you're just sitting up just staring at the ceiling. Like we have people available 24 seven train volunteers through our overwatch program. If you need someone to talk to, uh, we do have people available. It's, you know, it's not going in and sitting down with somebody, but it, you'll at least have something in common with most people that you're going to run into over there. But uh, Kipper in chat there was talking about starting to look for a new therapist. He's saying, hearing this is making me feel like I need to find another therapist. If you have any doubts, because when I first moved out to LA and they reassigned me to somebody uh, out here for therapy, boy, we did not. Mm-hmm. We did not jive at all. And it was very much like if, if you're going into therapy and you're just lying to the person because you don't feel comfortable telling, talking to them, it's like, yeah, what am I, what are we doing here, guys? Right. So eventually found the right person. And, you know, I go pretty regularly and I've had some serious breakthroughs where it's like, oh, well, this is why you have this. And it was literally just like, just grab the side of your chair. Like, holy shit. I never thought of that. Like, that's amazing. And so, yeah, I am big fan of therapy as far as going to get it and finding the, finding the right person. Uh, if you're not, if you're not with the right person, you'll kind of know, like you'll, you'll figure Absolutely. it out after a couple sessions where it's just like, eh, I don't feel comfortable talking to this person. They don't kind of get it. and They don't get me. And uh, you know, just find another one. 
Just keep a cycling any, through it. Any therapist worth their salt, if you bring that up to them, you mention, hey, but I don't feel this connection. I don't feel that it, it's working out. We want to know. Because if it's not working out for you, I would rather you tell me and I work on helping you find the person that does mesh with you because my role is to get you the care that you need. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Tori, you had a, a, a topic that you wanted to bring up. I did, and I can't remember exactly. This is like at least 10 minutes ago. I don't remember this <laughs> point. Apologies. Um, no, no, no. This is all good. This is all good. Um, so therapy is is awesome, and I, I recommend it to, to people, obviously, vets, active duty, even even civilians. Like Therapy is, is solid. Uh, when you're when you have the right person, but I think um, something that is also very important: um, the people that surround you in your day-to-day life, even if they don't understand everything that you went through, um, even if they don't have those experiences, they can't they can't relate. Knowing how to get you through your symptoms, if you're having a flashback or anything happens, like having those people that can get you out of that and calm you down and ground you. That is so, so, so important. Um, because you're in therapy for what, an hour a week? Like at best for me, you know? Um, that's, you know, so many more hours on the outside of that of that couch or that chair that um, you're having to deal with stuff. So um, obviously like medication can help uh, once you're on the right stuff. But I think having that that support group on the outside, which thankfully I've you know been able to, um, to to get like just through you know friends IRL, but also you know vets in the in the gaming community, um, and even people who who aren't vets uh, who game, but they get that I've gone through stuff, period, um, and they ask the questions like, hey, what what happens when you have a flashback or how can we help get you to a, a, a better like state of mind um, when you're going through that stuff? So um, mm. I forget exactly <laughs> what the point was earlier, but I just thought that was like also kind of important. No, have, having that support network is super yeah. important and also something that could also help um, that I've seen people utilize is a crisis safety plan. Uh, and it's a form that uh, we actually, you know, provide it. It's, it's free. You can print it out at home and fill it out. That makes it a lot easier to uh, fill out and hand to those in your closest support network that have some things that help are known to help you get grounded and help you through a crisis and maybe, you know, contact numbers as well for those who can help you even further as well. You know, your therapist number, you know, somebody very close to you and this and that. It's something that's very, very useful and uh, can be utilized by anybody. And you're absolutely right. Community and that's, you know, having a strong support network. So important. So important. Well, I got a feeling we could sit here and talk all night. And I, I want to be respectful of everybody's time. Uh, we are an hour and 20 minutes over. Uh, well, we're 20 minutes over. And uh, 
really want to thank everybody again. Uh, there were so many great conversations, and I love love the the topics tonight. Uh, does anybody have anything final they want to say before before we end the stream for tonight? I'll start. Uh, sure. I want to thank you guys for what you're doing at Guardians Mental Health. Um, because I, I, I know so many personal friends of mine in the Destiny community that have said that, that you guys have helped them. They've been sent care packages by you guys. It's just amazing the work that you do. And then, Stephen, also you as well. It's so important what you're doing for the veteran community. Um, and like I said before, um, us younger veterans need somewhere to go and, and, and somewhere to feel friends. comfortable, yep. like, you know our own safe space for our generation. You guys are, are, are both making great strides in the mental health community and in the veteran community. And I got to say, I commend you both. Thank you very much. Very kind words. And we try our best, you know, and try and make, you know, a positive impact for, for gamers. And that includes veteran and everybody throughout the community. We do what we can. I know Steven yep. never stops. This man's always That's going part of the gig <laughs> yeah he'll also pop up anywhere in 50 states uh you never know where he's gonna be thank just, you very much tara by the way i do appreciate that the kind words i just want to say thank you well not only to the veterans active duty but steven uh dr goku matthew thank you for uh showing up tonight uh, it truly means the world to me to be able to one talk on this uh, such an important day and two just to be part of such an amazing organization nonprofit uh joe like every monday that we get to hang out uh it means the world to me Mental really appreciate hell yeah uh, yeah uh just truly truly blessed to be here so thank you everyone for showing up tonight it truly means the world to me um to be able to speak my mind these other veterans to speak their mind. Um, our active duty squatty. It's just you. It's just you. <laughs> just me. Just you. Yeah. I do appreciate you. Uh, I've been with CID. I got to toss bunks. Fun times. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Good times. Yeah, hey, Joe, thanks for, uh, you mentioned that you ran the, the Twitter account on the guardians team and everything like that. I appreciate uh yeah jay embarrassing me online but hey i got to meet you guys through that so i appreciate jay but more so thank you to the, the guardians team here and somebody no just problem. i mean i don't uh especially being active duty uh you know i get sick or i get beat up or whatever right i i tell my wife all the time i can live in a box and get my job done <clears throat> and i want the nice stuff so that my family can enjoy it so we're all cooped up right now dealing with covid and stuff like that so for uh for you to just take the the 30 seconds or whatever it took just to type that to me, that message real quick. It, it went a real far, went a real long way. It meant a lot to me. And, uh, and Steven, your, your program that you have stack up. I, I was told by many people to reach out to you guys and uh, get help and stuff like that. I, I just couldn't do it. I have a hard time asking for help, but I appreciate you guys doing what you're doing. I know you know what I mean too. And uh, keep oh, doing yeah. what you're doing. I appreciate you guys so much. Absolutely. Thank you. <coughs> The whole invisible wound 
uh, folks out there are always like, well, I could be worse. I don't have gunshot wounds or IED injuries or anything like that. I'm fine. Somebody else needs that help. And it's like, actually, you do need that help because that's how it gets worse. And I'm stubborn too, so that doesn't help. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you're not the first and you're not going to be the last either. <laughs> A lot of stubborn people out there, but we we all get there together. No, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for all the kind words and everything. And uh, for everybody in chat, uh, if you are a veteran, active duty, or a family member of uh, somebody, uh, I'm going to put the uh, stackup.org uh, stop program uh, in the chat right there. Check that out. Go check out their site and everything. Uh, go to their Discord. You know, Give them some, some love because they do amazing things for... For veterans throughout the gaming community, they go above and beyond. Uh, they really do. They're an amazing org, and I, I really cherish the uh, opportunities I get to harass them at conventions and say hi to everybody. I love uh, building relationships with with people, and you know, especially other organizations, because you know we're all kind of in it together, and it's it's always always puts a smile on my face when I get to see the stack up people. You know, it's a wonderful crew over there and appreciate everything you all do. And I appreciate everybody here uh, chatting tonight. This was uh, such an impactful uh, discussion and talk. And thank you absolutely everybody for sharing uh, so many amazing things. And it, that's that's why we're here uh, with for Memorial Day, remembering and, uh, you know, remembering those we you know we've lost uh actually uh just real quick uh uh i lost a friend of mine uh army sergeant first class uh jimmy c grew uh he served right out of high school uh lost him last week to a motorcycle accident that was very sad uh funeral was just a couple days ago uh last friday so uh he's gonna be missed and uh Thank you absolutely everybody for tuning in tonight, hanging out with us, chatting, sharing as well in the chats. And I look forward to seeing everybody in the near future. Thank you again for taking the time, everybody. And don't be strangers. I, I, I would love to do something like this again, you know, maybe later this year, you know, appreciate absolutely. it. All right. I would love that, yep. Joe. Totally. Yes. Down Thanks for, that. for the invite, Joe. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time. I, I felt almost <laughs> terrible when, when I was talking to, uh, oh, uh, who was it? Pais Paisley? No. Perky? Perky. Perky Daisy. Perky yeah. Daisy. One of our uh, IRT members. She, goes, yeah. she told me, she goes, uh, Steven's free. I go, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure he's free? He's shockingly available. <laughs> <laughs> shockingly available. <laughs> I, I well, thought this is this is this is the season for our fundraisers right now. Right. So they're all out just recruiting and streaming and all that stuff. And yes, now it's just me time for me to sit back and be available for things like this. So yeah. Well, we appreciate you so much for taking the time and coming out and sharing as well and joining in this conversation. Um it, it means a lot to us and Keep on making a difference. Uh, you know, need anything from us? Feel free to reach out anytime. Absolutely. And thank you again, Joe. Yep. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Take care of yourselves. Uh, and remember those uh, for Memorial Day. Thank you very much. Right.